We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. From start to close, our ROG Pride Month has been informative and inspiring. Today is the finale with this incredible series. Our special guest is Jan Sigmund, Chief Financial Officer of Cognizant. His pronouns are he, him, his. In his role, he leads the company's worldwide financial planning and analysis, accounting and controllership, tax, treasury, and internal audit functions. He also oversees corporate development, investor relations, and enterprise risk management. What I appreciate most about you, Jan, is your authenticity, humility, and leadership of an inclusive work environment. You courageously walk the talk. Welcome to ROG, Jan. Thank you so much, Shannon, for having me. I'm excited to be part of this. Ah, thank you. I'm excited too. And I and I, this is a great way to bookend our our series is is with you and your story. So help us to learn a little bit more about you and your background. Like where were you raised? Just give us a, give us a little snapshot. I'll give you a little bit of Jan. Uh, it uh, as you can probably hear already with a slight accent. Uh, I grew up in Germany and uh, started my professional life in Germany. I had really only three stops in uh, three companies in my life, a management consulting firm to start um, after college and uh, then uh, moving to the U.S. I now live uh, with my husband for more than 20 years in New York and uh, worked for 20 years uh, at an American Hallmark ADP, our HR and payroll company that many of you well, no, and today I work at Cognizant for the last two years. I've been had the honor to be uh, Cognizant's CFO. And uh, one of uh, the reasons why I think I got the kind invite to participate today is uh, I have been an out gay member of our professional community from day one at work. This was one of my uh, things that I had decided uh, to do early on was to um, live my life uh, uh, holistically and complete and uh, had decided uh, that I would uh, never be back in the closet. And I started with my first interview at work, if you want, and have maintained that. So uh, that uh, makes uh, June a very special month for me. So. Yes. Uh, and what was the reason for that, Jan? Was that, it sounds like it was an intentional decision you know, tell us a little bit about how you got to that decision and what your experience has been like. Um, today, I would explain this uh, to uh, to uh, my colleagues and to my associates and our young colleagues that we're hiring slightly different than I felt when I was in the position to make it because I was a young, uh, highly insecure person trying to overachieve and I was very worried that uh, coming out would have a detrimental impact uh, on my hiring chances. It was a prestigious consulting firm that I wanted to work with. And obviously, I wanted to minimize any risk and maximize the chances of getting hired. Uh, But the trade-off felt already then uh, very high to to not disclose uh, such an important part of your own person. And I had practical reasons, you know, I wanted to come 
out of a weekend and say I spent the weekend with my friends and uh, uh, or I did uh, did did do things uh, that were important for me and uh, and uh, that that ability to just not build a house of cards and lies uh, um, and uh, and just have one truth to tell. Uh, was uh, was the easiest way to do it, and it really overcame basically uh, the worries about the career, and it had paid back. Uh, I think in the end, today I would say um, uh, being an out member, uh, uh, an, an out uh, um, uh, member of our workforce, has been my advantage. Really, in the end, the worries that I had in the in the beginning of it being a discriminatory. Um, uh, uh, part all for me uh, didn't come true. It actually turned out that it became a source of strength for me throughout my business. Mm. That is so encouraging for those listening who are struggling with their covering and their origin story and their comfort in bringing their full self to work. I'm just not sure that everyone knows how to take that first step or like, what are some of the things that you do? And maybe at this point, Jan, it's so routine and normalized for you, but what are some of the things that maybe you've even seen other leaders do that you think enable a more inclusive environment? Yeah, from from my perspective today, uh, where I, I have responsibility for a large multinational organization, the style and the impact that an individual can have varies. But as a leader at any level, there are, I think, um, characteristics and behaviors uh, that I still try to model every day. And uh, and you mentioned it in your kind introduction that uh, the word authenticity is a real key part of how I think leadership in general works and uh, and leadership uh, uh, should exude in order to create an inclusive environment. Uh, because um, uh, one of my little uh, pet peeves is Everybody in life feels we can judge people and understand people and see a little bit beyond the surface. And uh, and by that authenticity, it create uh, it comes uh, as a corollary to uh, you create visibility. So I am out every day. I make it a point of being uh, out and uh, uh, stand for the topics and issues that my community faces and. I hope uh, by sending that signal, uh, the broader organization uh, sees that uh, that uh, we are walking the the walk and uh, following our talk by living it ourselves. A little bit the principal philosophy. I'm- Absolutely, and I, and I think it goes back to what you were saying early on about when you're saying just being honest. It's just easier, right? Being authentic for us to zero in on and. For, for us to do our own work to figure out what is our authentic voice and what do we stand for and you know how could we be more expressive of those values and those thoughts so that we can invite other people into learning more about us and also to represent the communities that we're a part of and those that we are allies for. The, um, the LGBT community and our allies, which are actually, I think, in a, in a corporate environment, the even more important part of uh, what uh, inclusivity means um, has, uh, I think, two important uh, reasons and roles of being. Number one, we do want to create a work environment that allows our associates and employees to feel safe, to have access to resources, 
and contribute on their own and be authentic in a direct way. We care, care and cater to the LGBT community. But the second part that uh, what our community can do is actually uh, be a role model and by us being out and by, by non-conforming members of our, our, our group uh, 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 signaling, it is a great place to be and to uh, uh, devote your career and your energy to and I'm accepted because I'm a non-conforming trans woman of color. Uh, it sends a huge signal to, to everybody in the organization because we all carry, independent of sexual orientation or, or gender, uh, it, we, we all have our little things that make us insecure. And uh, we can be in our community, so to speak, a little bit role models, a little bit of light to tell for everybody can bring their whole self to think. It can be maybe I am the parent of a, uh, a child with learning disability or uh, I, I, I face my own mental health disorders. Uh, what, whatever we bring, uh, it, I think we can, we can be a little bit role models. That's for me the, the exciting part of being out. Like I, I don't have to care only for my LGBT members, but I care really that the broader organization gets this signal of if it's okay for somebody uh, like a queer German opera loving person can be CFO. I mean, the career opportunities for everybody are endless. So that's kind of a simpler way of, of what I feel. We all have an opportunity by celebrating being out and pride is very timely to do all that. You know, so. I agree. Oh, that's wonderful. I love hearing that. And at a, a company your size, I mean, you have over 330,000 employees worldwide. It's, it's, it's a behemoth organization. That, that means that your voice is amplified even further, right? Because you have all of those members of that community who you believe and enable to feel like they belong and that they are welcomed and, and respected and heard and valued for exactly who they are. Yeah, it, uh, I feel it is generally important that at work, um, we not only bring the professional topics to the forefront, but we also create a connectivity with our clients, with our uh, associates, with our peers. And so I feel it's always time well invested to uh, squeeze that in. Uh, and, um, and this coming out happens all the time. Maybe there's a vendor that wants to make a connection and uh, she invites you to a, to a golf game or something. And I'm not a golf person. I'm sure to make a joke off uh, because as a gay person, I prefer to see a figure skating event to go down a cliche route uh, versus uh uh, golf and um, kind of point out in a more humorous way uh, that we all can get trapped in in little assumptive things and uh, and that has to be uh, we have to be considerate about that we have to be thoughtful about that um, you uh, somebody talks about my wife and I correct and we talk about my husband and uh, it's just like an endless array of things where you can not hopefully to be too obnoxious about it, but you can make part of uh, what would what be part of a regular conversation. And, and I feel that creates, uh, A, it's an important part of my personality, but it creates also, if 
that many people do it, a much broader uh, uh, visibility. And uh, with that will can come more questions, can come better education about the topics. And so forth. they're overall very beneficial for an inclusive work environment. When we come back, Jan will share his belief that the core challenge for more inclusivity of the LGBTQ plus community members is lack of awareness and exposure. With years of experience, Moz Travels is a complete disability services consulting firm. We specialize in accessible travel and tourism. Working with governments, hoteliers and businesses, ministries of tourism and travel destinations around the world, we conduct accessibility compliance audits to ensure your place of business is accessible and inclusive for everyone. We'll teach you how to increase your tourism revenues and we'll train your staff how to recruit, hire and communicate with people who have a disability. Contact us at www.moztravels.com. That's M-A-A-H-S travels.com. And we're back with Jan Sigmund, Chief Financial Officer of Cognizant. I so appreciate what you're saying about, you know, calling in behavior that you recognize as being stereotypical or, you know, even a microaggression or exclusive in some way that people don't intend to do that, but but we're doing it. So how can we allow people to practice and get some feedback in a way that's productive and helpful, but also staying true to yourself and not tolerating assumptions that aren't true to you. It's my basic experience that most of the uh, topics uh, uh, on LGBT uh, are a lack of education and lack of exposure rather than a uh, a negative uh, attitude towards it. So if we can address ignorance and lack of exposure by working on it, we will make a big, big step forward. Uh, in, in, in the work environment, um, two statistics are always in, on my mind when I think uh, is uh, uh, the number one is uh, uh, in today's society, kids that come out of college are more out than they are out at the workplace. Um, so they go back into the closet. Uh, that's kind of the overall dynamics. We have a society that in college you feel comfortable, but in a work environment, you choose not to be out while life is out, which creates a a lot of conflicts in the long run. And is exactly this reason for visibility and authenticity that I'm really advocating. The second piece is um, employees decide to come out after they observe, we all do this, our work environment. And uh, the LGBT community is is very keen to observe, is my supervisor biased? Is he slightly homophobic? Is he, does he know what, what issues uh, trans people face? And, or the supervisor makes inadvertently, maybe whole, uh, not, uh, even not with a, uh, just an inappropriate joke. Um, I wouldn't even call it microaggression, micro inequities, maybe just ignorance and when you hear that as an associate, you go back into your shell because you feel, oh, my boss is going to be homophobic, and um, and uh, which might not be the case, but it's perceived like that, and uh, and uh, you and you uh, miss out basically on being part. Uh, so those micro inequities and ignorance are kind of a real key part that we, by being out, by uh, being visible, by allies joining, uh, can create. Um, Create a, make a big, big difference. And uh, it's sometimes as simple of 
the Pride Month, we're wearing a rainbow lanyard or we have a, rain, uh, a yellow, uh, an ally uh, uh, um, a sticker on our cubicle uh, to indicate to the person who is searching and thinking about how, how should I be uh, living my life at work uh, to find a talk partner. And uh, this, these pragmatic things of bringing up the topic and, um, and being visible through science can actually, I think, make on a day-to-day basis a big difference uh, for, for our community to feel safe and included. That's, that's a really beautiful answer and a way for us to be thinking about this and how we can demonstrate our allyship. What is your opinion on sharing pronouns at, at the top of meetings, like at beginnings of meetings? I think it's very important. Uh, the, uh, we have a growing transgender community, and, uh, and in particular, the younger generation is uh, much more gender fluid, it feels to me. I'm by no means an expert on, on all of those, but I think it's a generous sign to, uh, uh, to, to be open and signal that uh, even if it's a traditional cisgender uh, uh, pronoun that one chooses, uh, that there is a sensitivity to it. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, these signals are very important, um, uh, I, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and to the point that you just made about how people are more out than they are at work. That's that's an alarming statistic to me because I had in the past heard that the only place that people feel safe to come out is at work. So work yeah. could be like a sanctuary in a way. You know, early on in your career, no doubt you have had mentors and people who have supported you along the way. I mean, has this ever been a challenge for you, Jan? Like, have you had to have those really awkward, difficult conversations to share your truth with someone who may not have been as aware as perhaps they needed to be? Uh, my biggest mentor in my professional career, a uh, very senior executive that interviewed me for my second job, uh, had uh, zero exposure to LGBT issues. He interviewed me and asked me for my wife, which is probably not the best interview practice. Uh, but uh, my answer was, uh, sir, you shouldn't probably answer me about my wife, but if you must know, uh, I do have a boyfriend and we cannot legally marry in this country at this point in time, but we intend to when it becomes legal. And I thought for sure that was my last interview I would get. And, um, and uh, he hired me and he single-heartedly uh, went on a journey of uh, understanding and driving the importance of diversity through many, many years and uh, made uh, the company uh, one of the leading companies in the U.S., on diversity and inclusion. And it's kind of fun for me to feel that I had a tiny bit of while working with him, while sharing with him the issues that the LGBT community faces uh, to sensitize him. Because uh, in this case, um, uh, uh, you can easily take an attitude, which you hear all the time. It's like, I, I evaluate people by performance. I don't care that you are gay. You are very good in X and Y, and that's why I promote you. And to have the dialogue uh, that uh, a company and assessment and performance of a person is more wholesome than Mm -hmm. just a very narrow meritocracy type of evaluation and sensitize the topics that a company can be uh, can be welcoming or not, or creating an enthusiastic work uh, work environment by being sensitive to these topics. Uh, to shift that, that took very, very many years. And and he and 
I developed a very, very uh, good friendship over time. And uh, in his retirement, I think uh, he, uh, he attributed that single thing of me pushing back in that interview uh, at the beginning of my personal career there to his shift of, uh, of, uh, of attitude. And it's uh, mm-hmm. so just one stupid little example of how everybody uh, coming out and being authentic can, even though it's the tiniest thing, it can make really uh, cumulative uh, big differences. I think the biggest impact in any organization for your well-being is your direct supervisor. And so the relationship that you have in your work team is the most important thing. So to a degree, a CEO or CFO talking nice words about inclusion uh, are not as meaningful if they don't translate in the day-to-day life of how my career path is impacted. So the company that is investing a lot in in a broad-based leadership training to sensitize and to um, develop understanding, in, in my case, uh, LGBT issues, but in other issues, it could be other topics, could be uh, impact of race or gender. It's really, I'm, I'm picking my, 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 my interest here, but it's really broad. Uh, that investment is crucial. And I think uh, members of the LGBT community are very sensitive to see uh, um, are, are my managers participating in events or they uh, do a, is, is there visibility and understanding for it? Because then that creates a safer work environment. So for me, it's always a very big focus is that to, to include uh, those things. There are, um, there are good signals mm-hmm. uh, that, um, uh, uh, senior leadership also can send. I don't want to cut that too short um, because um, you, you do want to feel that uh, this is really an important thing for the company and uh, uh, to do so. And then there are the baselines of offering the support that uh, uh, a resource group can bring to the table when there are issues or uh, uh, emerging. Can, uh, can we do mentoring? Can we offer hotline? Can we and and can we offer a social bonding as members of the of the same resource group for each other that make a big difference? And and that I always have believed in in today's society, in particular in North America in the corporate world, much mm-hmm. progress has been made on inclusion of LGBT members into the workspace. That we are in a position of in a sense of privilege already to some degree. Uh, and we can give back to our communities that are less privileged. Oh, that's great. I love the generosity that you're talking about and that giving back and looking for like who else isn't included or who might need our support. And I think that's, you know, a trust building way for that group to bond even more so. And also that, you know, you get what you give, right? You you're you're I think you're the joy that you can experience in life is a direct relationship to how generous you are and how willing you are to include others. So in your opinion, what are some of the returns of generosity? Well, I, uh, you, you, uh, generosity is a, a very nice word. It's, I, I think it's kind of our, our duty. It's an imperative almost. And yes, uh, uh, it is generosity in accepting diversity and celebrating diversity in that sense, yes. Uh, for me, um, for most businesses, we'll say uh, associates are really the true asset that uh, makes a company work. It's certainly true for Congress and uh, 
uh, we are a people company and, uh, and uh, to have uh, an enthusiastic and engaged workforce pays uh, back in spades. Uh, people want feel they belong uh, and get, just give their best at work. That is just like as basic as that. And it may translate into uh, slightly improved attrition numbers or lower recruiting costs and other financial statistics that dialogue as a as a financial executive. But uh, the 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 spirit and the energy that comes out of engagement beats everything because that is maybe the reason why we beat uh, a competitor for a bid or this is why we solve a problem last minute because we feel we belong and we care to solve this problem. Uh, that's really where the true, true uh, benefit comes true out of this engagement uh, that, um, uh, that stems from you belong. Absolutely. I, I love what you're saying about the engagement that people will give that discretionary concern and effort. So all of our guests share a favorite mantra or a life motto. And so yours is the important thing in life is not perfection. The important thing is bending the curve towards the better. Tell me more about that, Jan. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that shows uh, my more pragmatic approach to problem solving. And, uh, and you have to have it when you work uh, in organizations, uh, and when you work on topics of LGBTQ issues, um, my example prior, uh, the work with my mentor lasted for 20 years. And so if I had given up after meeting one or two, we would not have achieved anything. So uh, 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 with tenacity and gradual improvements that are right in front of our windshield, we will, um, uh, uh, they will have a very big compounding effect. And uh, the alternative approach is to set yourself a big bang goal and then to take very risky actions and maybe you achieve it, but many, many times you won't achieve it. And it is frustrating and people give up or, uh, or bigger damage is being done. And uh, the, um, this incremental thing of setting yourself an ambition and think about the long-term trajectory. Is my action helping to move this thing in the right direction? And um, is, is very important because you do want to be, get better. You do want to every day work on getting better. Can be a company goal, can be an inclusion goal, can be whatever. Uh, but uh, and not missing the goal, the goal where you want, but not to get frustrated. And I see this often in um, in, uh, in in resource groups. So. Um, we, we have a lot of work to do in our company. It's a wonderful, wonderful company. But when you look at the list of things that we, achieve, that we uh, strive to improve, we have to pick the stuff that we can do. And every year we set ourselves goals that are achievable, that let us celebrate the success. And the uh, HRC index, uh, very important, was one of those successes that we celebrated this year. Um, and so now we are setting ourselves a slightly more ambitious goal and uh, do this globally uh, for our company. And, uh, but um, if uh, the path towards solution needs to be achievable so that, we, that everybody can celebrate the successes, stay part of it and not get uh, overwhelmed, so to speak. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Because I do agree with you. If the goal is perfection and you don't get it, soon or shortly after you start something, you feel like it's not possible. 
But if you're tenacious, if you stay with it, if you believe in it, if you're being smart about how you're delivering it. And then to your point about that recent success and huge congrats on that. Thank you so much for investing your valuable time with us and for sharing your story and really encouraging us to bring our authentic self to work and everywhere we go. I so much appreciate our discussion and I thank you so very much for your interest. Our OG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Jan shared so many valuable nuggets of wisdom. Here are actions we can take as a person and a leader. For you, as a valuable, respectable, and worthy person, spend some time this summer clarifying answers to these deep questions. What is my authentic voice? What is my vibe, values, interests, beliefs, and energy sources? What makes me unique? As a leader, if you're not a member of the LGBTQIA community and not already aware of the realities and the truths of associates who are, do your work, learn, understand. If you are aware and understand, be intentional about signaling your allyship and help others. And perhaps you don't celebrate Pride Month. Be respectful of those who do. Listen to episode 86 with H. Walker for more on that. Be curious about yourself, what makes you unique and special, what's your vibe, and wonder and seek to understand more about others. That's what generous leaders do. We're taking our summer break and we'll return with episode 91 on August 30th. Find new ways to stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.